This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hi, everyone. I'm, well, it's obvious. I'm John Verhoeven, and I was a cop back in the 80s in Sydney. And I'm Paul Verhoeven, John's son. I'm an author, and I wrote two books about Dad's time as a cop. The first five seasons of Loose Units spanned my time in general duties, forensics, my time as a firefighter, and even my stint running a funeral home. This season, we're visiting the locations of Australia's most notorious, baffling, horrific crimes, and looking at what happened there. From Snowtown to the family... From the Morehouse murders to haunted highways. This season of Loose Units is your go-to guide to the worst crimes in Australian true crime history. Welcome to Loose Units, The Shadow Files. Hello and welcome to Loose Units, The Shadow Files. Listeners, as Christmas approaches and you hear the ringing of bells every time you go to sleep, Dad and I thought we would kick things off this week With a bit of a Christmas-related crime. Now, typically speaking, when you tell a story about a crime that occurred at Christmas, it's usually getting a gift that sucked, or some sort of spat with the in-laws that happened at a Christmas party, or any number of weird familial things. But in this case, we're talking about something that happened back in 1927 in Texas. Now, Dad, if you're picking times to rob banks, I think Christmas is a pretty interesting one, but this case is... I mean, it's fantastic. I, I find this such a thrilling case. Could you walk myself and the listeners through what happened on that fateful day in 1927? I believe uh, December the 23rd was when this all began. Well, I guess it's fairly appropriate with this story mm. and the premise. I've read the story, Paul, that you sent me. Yeah. I loved it because, A, I'd never heard it before, but B, it's so implausible. Yeah. If it, it reads... Like a movie. Like a movie. But it, it actually, apart from the people that die, yeah, it's a really funny story. It's some of the stories within the story mm. are straight out of a of an American uh, silent comedy. It feels like a Coen Brothers film. Remember Oh Brother Where Art Thou with that sort of yes, yeah. It, it has a real black comedy vibe to it. Um, look. There have been uh, film and TV adaptations of this, but I didn't actually know about this case going in. I mean, it's... it's Okay, just, just the caveat. As you'll know from the title of the show, it is called the Santa Claus Bank Robbery. So the name... I, it doesn't spoil too much, but Dad, what actually happened mm. back in 1927 in Texas? Well, one of the, 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 the problems with this story yeah. is that there were four bank robbers. Okay. But I guess one must give most credit to a guy called Marshall Ratliff. Mm-hmm. And it's funny that his first name's Marshall because 
marshals, as we all know in the uh, early American West and even today, mm-hmm. are, are ranking police officers. Yeah, like a sheriff kind of thing. Yeah. Yes. Now, Marshall's mother owned a diner in the town of Cisco. Now, that's, pro- that's problem number one for Marshall because he's concerned that if he, if he robs a bank with his colleagues, mm-hmm. he's worried that his mother might recognise him. That's funny. And it's sweet. So he's, he's, he's got connections in the town. But he and um, his brother, prior to this incident, yeah. had robbed a bank. So they had form. But, so they serve a year in prison, but then some of the sweet people, no doubt probably promulgated by his mum, they petition the governor to give the guys, the brothers, a second chance, right. which, is, which is sweet yeah, and not that common because the situation with bank robberies back in the 1920s, well, in Texas, for example, there were, on average, three bank robberies per day. It was so bad that the head of the Banking Association in America, mm-hmm. and this is going to sound so surreal, Yeah. And so bizarre with what I'm about to say, but they decided to offer a reward of $5,000, which is an extraordinary amount of money in the 20s. We're coming into the Depression. Yeah. The, the Association of American Bankers offered a $5,000 reward to any bank robber that was presented to them dead. Not alive. Huh. If you, if you arrested them, and brought them before the bankers or the courts, there was zero reward. Like the caveat was you had to kill them. That's, that, to me, smacks of extreme desperation. So that's the first thing that is quite fascinating. The brothers were, were paroled. Uh, they, they were, it was felt that they, um, they'd learnt their lesson. Mm-hmm. And Marshall's brother, Lee, just before they're about to commit the Christmas crime, he commits another armed robbery, so he goes away. So Marshall then has to get a few nefarious characters and he gets two guys. um, They're both ex-convicts. Yeah. Their names were Henry Helms and Robert Hill. Okay. But... Robert Hill has a relative called Louis Davis. Now, Louis has no form. He's never done anything wrong. Mm-hmm. He's a clean skin. But okay. the, the, the gang of three convinced Davis in perhaps his naivety that it's going to be a really, really easy job. Gotcha. So the four of them head to the Cisco Bank in a stolen Buick. Okay. Now, Ratcliffe... Sorry, I keep saying Ratcliffe. I'm thinking of Daniel Ratcliffe. It's Ratcliffe. <laughs> Ratliff. It's not Radcliffe. It's not Daniel Radcliffe star no, Harry Potter. No. No. Uh, Ratliff. Um, what he does, he borrows a a Santa outfit with a mask. Now this is partly to disguise himself because uh, his mother works in the town. Is that correct, or is he just feeling festive at that? No, point? no. Well, I think it's a combination. It's clever. Mm-hmm. Clearly, um, it's the twenty third of December. That's two days away from Christmas. Uh huh. So they drive into Cisco around midday and 
Interestingly, Paul, have you ever seen those early American cars that had these running boards? It's like before you open up, um, oh, okay, Bonnie and Clyde and, and gangsters of that era, like, yeah. the, you know, these that were doing incredible bank robberies. Do you recall that when the cars would escape from the uh, the bank or, and the police were shooting, some of the the crims would actually stand on the sides of the car? Yeah, there were sort of these steps. They're called running used, boards. Yeah, to get up into the... It, you would see it in gangster films all the time. Correct. And they're yeah. very, very long. They yeah. go from the sort of the, the beginning of the front seat mm-hmm. or front door all the way to the back door. Now, Ratliff, he actually lies on the running board. I don't know whether they did that because there wasn't a lot of room inside the car. They drop him off at the docks. He gets his disguise on. He, the other guys park the car and they park it in an alley behind the bank. Now, when Ratliff is walking back to the car to meet his uh, three co-conspirators, yep. he looks behind himself and what does he see? He sees a lot of children. They're following oh him. Oh, my God. And why wouldn't they? Oh, my God. He's on his way to commit uh, what turns out to be an, a very, very serious armed robbery on this bank. Yeah. And there are all these kids. And the children are not just following him. Oh, my God. They're actually asking him for candy and presents. Oh, God. Which is really sweet. And I don't know how he would have reacted. Um I'm looking at a photograph of him and I would imagine he was no older than 25. And he's, he's, got, it's, he's got this, this dilemma. He's, he's sort of, he's on his way to do a bank robbery, but he's got like a trail of, like the Pied Piper, all these kids following him. Now, it's a very, very quiet time of the day. It's, it's sort of a lunch hour. There are only, there are four members of staff in the bank. <clears throat> and a handful of customers. So, Ratliff, who's dressed up as Santa, he opens the front door of the bank, and as he's walking in, the manager looks up and says, Hello, Santa Claus. And his three accomplices, ac- accomplices they're walking behind Ratliff, which is really, really clever. Mm. Because if Santa Claus walks into a bank, everyone's eyes are on Santa. And all the staff are smiling. There's a very sort of friendly, jovial atmosphere. They might be thinking, you know, this is unusual. Um, But, you know, Santa does tend to historically make people feel relaxed. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, one of the bankers, his name's Joe Spears, he, he sees that Santa is carrying a gun. Not uh, not a typical move for no. Santa Claus, no. No. And then he sees the other guys that were standing behind him. So all up there are four bank robbers. Now, while this is all happening in the bank, across the street, mm-hmm. it's a six-year-old girl. Her name was Frances Blassengame. Now, she, being very um, alert, and imagine it's a, a relatively quiet time. It's the 20s. It's lunchtime. It's just a, you know, it's not the way things are today. So she sees Santa going into the bank. She doesn't sort of see three other people. Her, her, her focus is on Santa Claus. And she starts pestering her mum. <clears throat> and she says to the mum, Mum, 
can we please, please go over and see Santa? I mean, this is, again, one of these aspects of this story, Paul, that it's, I, ha- I have to say, it's relatively surreal. And if you had a whole lot of scriptwriters sitting at a table doing a, um, you know, writing uh, a script for a movie, yeah, this would have to be something that people would regard as implausible but this yeah i mean look one of the hazards of dressing up as santa claus on christmas is that if a child sees you they will make a beeline um so it seems like this is the point in the script where things go south probably Mm, because eventually with um with classic pester power the the six-year-old daughter manages to talk her mother into crossing the road and going into the bank with the sole purpose of getting to meet santa the mother, when they open up the front door of the bank with her daughter, it is very, very apparent that what she sees in front of her yeah. is an armed robbery in progress. Oh, Christ. And then, as though she had the mightiest balls in the world, balls of extreme sort of just, just having the tenacity to grab her daughter... She didn't try and exit through the front door, which she'd just gone through. She basically pushes her daughter. Now, while she's pushing her daughter through the bank, the robbers are shouting out at her to stop. And she completely ignores all the bank robbers, of which there are four. Fully armed, albeit one of them dressed as Santa. And she pushes the daughter to the back of the bank where there is a screen door which according to reports she literally rips off its hinges <gasps> she tears the door off out of the um the door jam and exits with her daughter basically they both roll out onto the street the, the rear lane extraordinary meanwhile inside the bank the robbery is in progress santa appropriately is carrying uh-huh. a sack Yep. Uh, But in this case, it's an empty sack. He hands it to one of the tellers and demands that the teller fill the sack. Now, all the tellers, because of the climate, each teller had a government-issued firearm. Wow. Santa grabs the uh, the revolver, shoves it down uh, the front of his pants. So he's now got two weapons. And the member of staff continues to fill the bag and then all of a sudden one of the robbers he looks towards the front windows of the bank and he sees a man peering through the front window of the bank and they they shoot this person that was just looking in the bank and then all of a sudden there's just a hail of bullets coming from outside the street now at this point they realise, because what I failed to mention a few minutes ago is that when the mother and the daughter had made their way through the bank and into the back alley, they went straight to the police and said there's the bank robbery in progress. So that entailed a lot of police, but something very, very unusual happened. Um, And I I regard this as, again, bizarre, Mm -hmm. but there were literally hundreds of townsfolk that were alerted and as the townsfolk are walking towards the bank this is how 
this is what a heightened sense of frustration society had with bank robbers, as we know, up to three a day, yeah. just in one state, mm-hmm. is that the local hardware stores began to hand out free of charge, sort of like a loan, all of the firearms. Oh so as God. all the, the townsfolk are walking towards the bank, they're all being armed by all the stores and clearly no one paid for any of the guns. I guess the, the premise was that they could use the weapons to, to, to do what had to be done, i.e. Kill, kill all the robbers, and then all the guns would be returned. It's, it's, it's a game. It's bizarre, fascinating. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's, a, it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. And I find it quite extraordinary. The... Um the robbers um, began to t- uh, return fire. So they're yep. shooting through the front windows out into the street and there were some very, very senior police there. It was a huge production. I've seen a photograph of the posse and there would be, at least in this photo, and it looks as though it's been cropped, there'd be at least 60 men all armed. Oh, my God. And they wanted, they, they, they wanted blood. Now, what the... There's a sort of a stream of bullets coming um, into the bank. So the robbers, they heard all the um, the hostages yep. into um, sort of a bookkeeping room. Mm-hmm. Then one of the, um, the bankers makes a dive for the back door. He's obviously trying to escape. He gets hit in the jaw by a bullet. There were also um, members of the public... They'd sort of surrounded the banks. They were in the back alley as well. And the robbers begin to herd the hostages Mm -hmm. into the stolen car, the Buick. And there happened to be a university student that was one of the hostages. And as they're leaving the bank, he is a hostage. They open up the door for this Harvard student. And as the Harvard student... Now, picture this on a movie set. You've got all the cameras set up. The, the, the bank robbers open up the door for the, um, for the hostage. 
Harvard student calmly gets into the car. What does he do? He slides across because he's making room for other hostages. Yep. And you know what he does? What? He opens up the door and hops out the other side. He just leaves. Amazing. That is... Amazing. It's, it's just staggering. It's amazing. Uh, he survived. Then, then this is sort of a pretty heavy part of the story because we're making, a, uh, making light of it to a degree, but two of the hostages were actually two very young girls and clearly they're screaming, they're crying, and they shove them into the car and Santa comes out the back of the bank. He's the last to come out and the police chief and his deputy were shot. I'm not sure whether it was Santa that shot the police deputy. And all of a sudden, another one of the uh, accomplices, his name was Davis, he gets shot basically point blank with a shotgun. And he collapses onto the front of the car. And the robbers, they, they take off and they've got the girls in the car they would have had the university student, but he's he's left. Now, the postmaster, because everyone's involved, he fires a gun at the car that's leaving with full of the hostages. I mean, incredibly dangerous to think. Were they even thinking about, you know, shooting out and killing hostages? And he blows out uh, one of the rear tires. And as the robbers are leaving the scene, they then realize that they forgot to fill up the, the getaway car with gasoline. They, they realised. So they, they're driving along. They realise they've got very little fuel left. And what happens is Santa um, gets out of the car and he waves to this young guy. And this is a bit of a weird part of the story. He's only 14 who's, and he's driving. I'm not sure whether you were allowed to drive back then in, when you were 14. Uh-huh. But he's driving an Oldsmobile. Santa, I mean, any what what 14-year-old driving car wouldn't pull up if he was requested to by Santa Claus? He does the right thing. And what he does, yeah. he, you know, Santa orders the boy out of the car. And this young boy, his name was Woodrow, he's very, very polite. And he just basically leaves the car for the robbers. And he runs to the safety of a nearby home. And the robbers... They Did you say tra- home on purpose, by the way? Was that oh, a, that was, was funny. A, no, was that a Santa point? No, okay. very funny. Okay. So the robbers then, they transfer uh, the girls, the money, and the badly injured, the guy that had been shot with a shotgun. Yep. And they load them all into the car. And there's a posse following them, might I add. So you can imagine the stress. They've got the hostages. They've got all the money. Yeah. They've got the injured guy. They're in the car. Guess what? What? The 14-year-old boy had taken the car keys. There's no, they can't start the car. So under a hail of bullets from the posse, they then have to do a reverse situation where they have to get the, the girls, oh the guy who was almost dead, yeah. and the money, back into the car that is about to run out of fuel. They take off and get ready for this. Yeah. As they left... Uh-huh. They actually, what, what they did, the, the guy that was really badly injured, one of their compatriots, they actually left him in, in the seat of the car that didn't have the car keys. And as they're driving off, 
not only did they did they leave him there, which is probably a prudent move, as they're heading off into the horizon with the two goals, can you guess what else they realised? No. They'd left the money. Oh, my God. On the seat of the car with their guy that was, you know, their compatriot who was dying. Yep. I mean, they've got no money now. They can't go back. So they're heading off in a car which doesn't have much fuel and their colleague had been shot. He dies later on that night together with the chief of police who dies. So you've got three robbers. Two of them are severely wounded. Jesus Christ. And they've got the two girls. Yeah. They managed to get out of town and then they drop the two girls off, which is, which is a good thing to do. They then go back into town under the cover of the darkness. They steal a, a car and that's when they elude police for, for many, many days. Then the, ra- uh, the, the weather starts to go, go bad. It's raining, there's sleet. Um, and they, they, they're finding it very difficult to find their way out of the county. And they then had a car crash with their car. So they wrote that off. Then there's a, a young guy, he's 22 years old. His name's Carl Wiley. He's got a Dodge and they then carjack him. And then the father witnesses the carjacking and tries to shoot the bank robbers. But who does he shoot? He shoots his son. Oh, my God. Yes. The father shoots his son. Oh. It's, it's just one thing after another. It's gone. Oh. Now, the, this particular robbery made national news. They got the Texas Rangers involved. It's one of the first times in American law enforcement where they used a biplane, which they used in the search for these bank robbers. Like a Red Baron style biplane, like a dogfighting biplane. Oh, okay. Back in the um, in the town, uh, the deputy of police he'd also passed away. So at this stage, there were three people dead, eight wounded, and that's not counting the robbers that were on the run. Mm-hmm. And then Carl Wiley, the guy that uh, the twenty-two year old that had been carjacked, yeah, he must have overheard a certain conversation whilst he was with them. And it was determined that the, the the gang were going to try to get out of town by going over a river called the Brazos River. And the Texas Rangers were waiting for them. They shot all of the, like the three guys, yeah. but they didn't kill them. Ratliff was, he's captured by the police. The other two eluded the police for a few more days. They were captured. They were absolutely in a bad way. So the three of them are then put before the court. There's a trial. They're both, uh, you know, Ratliff and Hill, because there are still three of them still alive. Uh, Ratliff and Hill got 99 years for the robbery. Now, Ratliff and Helms were also given the death penalty for the murder of Chief Bedford and Mm -hmm. Deputy Carmichael. So they both file appeals and... The appeals were denied um, and they electrocuted um, uh, them in, in, a, in an electric chair called Old Sparky, which is quite appropriate for the, to think that they named the chair. And Ratliff, who had been the original the guy that dressed up as Santa, whilst he's waiting for his execution, he began to feign insanity. And how he did that... He would go completely limp yep. 
and they had to feed him, they had to bath him, they uh, they had to dress him, and he he just spoke incoherently. He was then transferred back to a jail called Eastland Jail, where he had a what was called a sanity hearing, and. I mean, you have to give it to Santa that he was very persistent because he, he carried on like this for 25 days, just lying motionless and pretending to be insane. And then one day, on day 25, Ratliff, he sees an unlocked cell door and he manages to all of a sudden come out of his, uh, you know, stupor of feigning insanity. Yeah. And he runs down and he grabs the jailer's gun. He... He shoots the jailer dead. Oh, my God. And just as he's about to leave, another police officer pistol whips him with his own stolen revolver, knocks him out, and then the mob, they... (laughs) No, this is incredible. Yeah, I know. I know. A mob. They storm the jail and they drag him out. This is the the Santa Claus, Ratliff. They drag him onto the street. He's in the nude. They tie a rope around him. They hoist him up, his naked body. They hoist him into the air. And guess what happens? The, ro- the rope breaks. So what do they do? They've got a naked Santa Claus. They've tried to kill him. There are literally hundreds of people there. This is a hardcore lynching where, where there's no, there's just no, no, the rule of law is gone. And they, a neighbor runs into their place and grabs another rope. And then they successfully hoist him up in the nude in front of hundreds of people yeah. where he hangs till he's dead. And he remains hanging outside a hardware store, no doubt a hardware store that had been giving out guns, and eventually the coroner collects the body. The youngest, remember I told you about the, the young, um, sort of the, the fourth guy that had never been in trouble with the law? Yeah. Who was told it was going to be an easy job? He serves 20 years of his 99-year sentence. He's released from prison in 1948. He assumes a new identity, and he became, in inverted commas, a productive member of society in a small West Texan town. You know what I think? I think he became a department store Santa, just as a nod. Yeah. I think that's what he did. Isn't that amazing? This story has all the plausibility at certain points of a rom-com, of a full-blown Love Actually-style rom-com, and it's very Christmassy, but also deeply tragic, and I think if it didn't contain all of those elements, it wouldn't be an episode of Loose Units. Dad, how do you feel about the fusion of Christmas and crime? Does it feel weird to you to kind of combine those two things? I think um, Christmas is a weird time, Paul. It yeah. brings out um, all sorts of funny things, and I think people drop their guard, and I think um, this was clearly an opportunistic event. Yeah, yeah. And um, it, um, it, 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 it's just, if one of those weird things had have happened, you would have thought that's weird, but this is a, a combination of many, many factors. And, um, it's a fascinating story, Paul, and I really appreciate you bringing it to my attention. Oh, it's no problem. And actually seeing as how you enjoyed the Christmas crime combo so much, you know, like the, the way, um, like the way pancakes and maple syrup and bacon go so well together. Things that shouldn't work do work. And I think Christmas-related crime is something that we really enjoy. So, listeners, here's what we're going to do. Over the Christmas break, rather than stop doing loose units and take a break, Dad and I have prepared four stocking stuffers for you. So that is going to be a couple of weeks of mini-episodes where we talk you through uh, each episode 
a strange Christmas-related crime just to help you feel festive, but also to make sure that you get your bi-weekly loose units fixed. So what I'm saying is, long story short, fear not, because loose units will be continuing over the Christmas break. Two episodes a week, same time as always, Tuesdays and Fridays. You will get your loose units in your inbox. But it'll be Christmas-related crimes in stocking stuffer-sized packages. So... Have an amazing Christmas break, everybody. Uh, we're going to be back with all kinds of stuff for you over the next few weeks. But in the meantime, take it easy, and we will see you very, very soon for more Loose Units. Bye, everyone. Cheerio. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.